Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Minority Money Podcast. This is your guest host, Maricela Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. As we continue our series on Women's History Month, Emlyn and I had been talking about me being a guest host on the show. And, you know, we had kicked the idea around a few times and we're like, okay, well, what would I say? What would we do? And as, you know, Women's History Month was coming up, we're like, why not now? You know, let's do it now. And who else? better than to join me than Rosa Chalecki. And so thank you, Rosa, for coming on with me and doing this with me for the first time. That's awesome. I'm excited. I'm in the premiere, literally. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's even talked about, okay, maybe you could just take over the podcast. I'm like, let's not get crazy. Let's right? just start with one episode and let's see how this works out and what I sound like. You know, our listeners might just be like, you know, we're going to have to tune out. <laughs> exactly. It'd be like, no, you're going to do great. So good no, luck so on, our, on our debuts. Yeah, <laughs> I myself don't enjoy these things very much. And Alex is always forcing me, but let's make the best on it. He was telling me like, as far as us as women, and as we think about what does Women's History Month mean to us? And as I was driving here and I was thinking about what is it, you know, for me and you as women and Latina women, what does it mean to us? And he was asking me some questions as far as, you know, what has been my experience being a woman and Latina, you know, as in our work, home and everything. You know, I wanted to talk about that with you and see what has been your experience. It's like, especially now doing the job that you do for your guys' firm. Well, it's very challenging being, um, forget the Latina, just being a woman itself. It's extremely mm-hmm. difficult. We play many roles. We work at home. You know, we are caregivers. We have kids. We run a company, so we wear a lot of different hats, and it's really difficult to manage and do everything without going crazy, honestly. So oh, yes, absolutely. It's extremely, especially someone like you with little ones, I can only imagine your day-to-day duties. It's like nonstop. You don't have time for yourself, so it's very mm-hmm. overwhelming. So, yeah, I think this month, it's a great, not that we shouldn't be appreciated daily, but it's a great month for us to like really be yeah. highlighted. Exactly. As role models, as, you know, everything that mm-hmm. we do for our families and our work. So it doesn't stop there. But yeah, we sorry. So as you started your journey into work and getting into the workforce and stuff like that, did or did you ever notice things being a woman and trying to do stuff that you were like, huh, that doesn't really make sense? Or why did they do that? Or why did they say that? Do you have examples of stuff like that that happened to you? I think the number one issue that repeatedly continued to happen to me over and over was like sexual harassment. Oh, it was wow. like crazy. Pretty much in every job that I worked, it was like male, you know, dominant. Wow. So I was in the executive suite business for 10 years prior to moving over to the financial industry. And yeah, most of my tenants, I'd say about 95% were male. Mm. And it was like this constant daily, you know, like, okay, they can tell you're pretty or or whatever, but Mm -hmm. they start flirting, they start crossing the line, they start making inappropriate comments, they start doing very disrespectful things. So so yeah, Mm. I've been put in that sort of scenarios multiple times, but I handled myself pretty well. I mean, I got a lot of them probably divorced because I called their wives. Oh, that's awesome. They wouldn't stop. 
someone even like pulled his zipper down and, you know, like show me his private parts. I poured a hot coffee over him. You know, oh, like hell yeah. So yeah, I've, <laughs> I've pretty much handled the situation, but yeah, it's unfortunate that why do we even have to go through that? What yeah. gives them the okay, you know, for them to think that, oh yeah, this is appropriate. Mm-hmm. So that is crazy. That is insane. Cause I know with me, it was something like that, but it, for me, it was more when I was in school. I remember being at Fresno State and realizing that now I'm doing this major of finance. And I remember being in the classroom and seeing like just me and another female in the class and always wondering like, <laughs> am I majoring in the right place? Is this right. not the place for me or what is going on? And not really understanding and not knowing, but just saying, okay, I'm going to see this through because this is what I chose to do. So I'm not going to quit now. And Correct. change my major to something else because I'm not going to take another year, you know, in college to, to take the units that I need now to finish. I'm like, heck no, I'm going to get this done. But I remember being in those classes and thinking, what is going on? Why am I only one of two? And then the rest of the students were either white or like an Asian ethnicity of some kind. But then I was the only woman and Hispanic to go along that. And I was just like, wow, this is different. But I didn't understand it, nor did I did I know what was going on. The fact that you have to question yourself, do I belong? It like it sucks. That feeling of why do I feel out of place? So mm-hmm. yeah. But even with just men in, in that space, you see that even now, you know, even what we do, sometimes it's not coming from my direct managers, but it might be clients. And it's just like, okay, why do you think it's okay for you to talk to me or make that comment? No, that's not acceptable. What are we doing right now? But I can't even imagine you doing that on a regular basis at work and having to deal with stuff like that. Yeah. And it gets, um, I don't know, it's exhausting. It's like, why do I have to deal with this type of behavior? You know, like men trying to touch your butt while you're walking through the hallway and like you literally have to turn around and slap them, you know? <gasps> You'd have to turn around and just give him a quick Pretty much, slap. yes. You know, to put him in place. Like, this is not acceptable and embarrass them because sometimes they're doing this in front of the guy thinking like, oh, it's cool. Or, you know, I don't know what type of position they think they have, but it's just not okay. And, and I think a lot of women keep those things for themselves for whatever reasons. They're embarrassed that they're going to get mm-hmm. fired or, you know, mm-hmm. like they're going to get made fun of. I don't care. I'll mm-hmm. put you where you belong, you know. I'll expose you and make you look like the idiot. No, yes. And that's why you we saw a lot of the stuff, you know, with the Me Too movement, because I'm sure, you know, there were so many other women just like yourself that had to endure all these things and never said anything and never did anything because of different reasons. And then once it was like, this is really going on. This is happening in the background and we're not talking about it. And this is real. This is happening even today. It happens everywhere. Yes. And I'm happy, you know, that people are starting to talk and they're starting to be viral about it and stories are coming up because people need to know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. This type of behavior is not acceptable with anyone. Forget women. It can be men too, but yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah. Now, as you, you know, you think about growing up or even now, do you have somebody that you look at and that you admire? Like, oh my God, look at what she's done or where she's at. Do you have any examples that you can think of of someone like that? Well, I think once and she's going to go down in history for being like one of the most powerful, influential role models in justice, perseverance, it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was mm-hmm. something else. She really, oh, yeah. she yes. believed in equality. She was the voice of the excluded. 
mm-hmm. and seeking justice. So mm-hmm. yeah, she will and will continue being like one of my biggest role models. Absolutely. You know, it's our bodies, our choice. You don't get to decide what I get to, to do. That Correct. is not your choice to make. Like, let me tell you, you need to get a bisectomy and you need to go and get that done now. <laughs> so it's my, you know, it's, it's your body, but I'm going to decide what you get to do with that. Correct. Her, so one of her famous quotes, you know, like women belong in all places where decisions are being made. And it's true because we get to make that decision as well. Mm-hmm. It's not only men. So, yeah, especially with us, like in our industry, I feel a lot of women are not involved, mm-hmm. which is pretty sad. Till today, I see couples coming in and the women's are pretty much quiet. They don't give mm-hmm. an opinion, you know, like they don't know whatever my husband says. And, and it's not OK. And Alex and I always make an effort, like, mm-hmm. do you understand? We want to make sure you understand. And it's not until the husband passes away that they're like, oh, my God, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I don't know if they never cared or they mm-hmm. always just felt like they didn't belong. And, it, and it's disappointing because they need to know what's going on, you know? Yes. And I see that, too, in banking. You know, they'll come in and it could be a simple checking account and they have no idea what's the balance. They have no idea what bills are being paid. They have nothing. They don't know anything. They're like, well, he took care of everything. And then it's like the daughter or the son coming in with the mother. And now they're trying to help the mother figure this out because she's a signer on the account, but she doesn't know anything. And now they're going to try and help her get this all figured out. And so if you can think just something simple as a checking account, I can only imagine investments and every in your properties and everything else that was going on. Correct. So we make an effort to work very closely with them. We work with a lot of widows and single ladies who are like the best clients, honestly. Mm -hmm. But we try to educate them, you know, make them understand, not like, oh, this is where your portfolio is. Just like make them understand the differences, how it affects them, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's our goal, to empower, make them Mm -hmm. understand and realize that they're important, that they need to know. Yeah, and I do that with my mom all the time because, you know, coming to the U.S., I mean, I think she probably had like a fourth grade education, if that. And so even now with their banking, I help my dad set up the app and everything else. And so I'm like, mom, give me your phone. You're going to get the app and you're going to log on and you're going to see what's going on. And she's like, really? And I said, absolutely. Because if my dad can see how much you're spending, then you need to see how much he's spending. Exactly. And she's like, okay, we'll put it on. And my dad's just looking at me. I'm like, what? Who are you looking at me for? But in, in our culture, I feel like it's always whatever the man says, you know, like uh-huh. it's, they're responsible for all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty sad. And yeah, I have nieces and I don't want them to be like that. I tell them, you guys need to be independent. You guys need to be mm-hmm. responsible. Like you can't have a man telling you what to do or taking care of everything because the day he's gone, you're going to feel lost. So it's mm-hmm. like, As my dad says that about my mom, I know, and I've talked about this before, but growing up, he just instilled in us so much independence and he would just sit us at the kitchen table. And I remember hating these conversations because it was almost like every Friday night or every Thursday night, he'd call the girls in and be like, sit down. And we're like, oh, here he goes, giving us another talk. We don't want to hear it. But he was so adamant about, you're not going to date somebody that's like a gangster that has his pants down his legs. You need to go to school. You need to get an education and you need to get a good job because if he doesn't treat you right, you need to go. And I remember just sitting there like, okay, dad, you told us that like every time, like, gosh. And you now to make sure you got the point. Yes. yes. And now as I've gotten older and wiser and understood mm-hmm. where he was coming in, he always have these little sayings. He'd always be like, 
you know, no quiero que vengas y que me digas que a Chuchita la bolsearon. And uh -huh. I remember saying like, what is that? I, I didn't even know till I was a grown up what he meant. And he was trying to tell me, don't come home pregnant. I need you to make sure you get this stuff done right and get yourself into a better place than where we're at. Correct. And so now as, you know, we graduated and we have our jobs, our careers, he tells me even just yesterday, he's like, you know, I don't worry about you. I know you're good and I know you've got it. You got it. You um, made him proud. And he always tells us now one day we won't be here, but I want you guys to take care of yourselves. And so help each other in any way you can. But that's what he tried to, you know, he instilled in us in trying to get us to understand the importance of who we are as women and how important it is for us to be able to make our own choices without being dependent or not understanding what's going on. And I'm sure you're now instilling those same things with your daughter. I know she's oh, yeah. little, but it's very important that you start mm -hmm. with them young and realize oh, yeah. the value and what it is to be a female. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. we should be independent. We shouldn't yeah. have to depend on anybody else to take care of us. So. Yeah, it was crazy because Emily and I just had this conversation how I am her first role model. And I didn't even like think of anything like that. But one day we were talking about it and I was in the bathroom, you know, doing my hair, my makeup and just you know, I'll go and get my nails done and I'll change my color. And so she'll see them and she'll be mommy nails, nails, color. And I see her and she's grabbing my makeup and trying to put on blush or trying to do something. Mm -hmm. And, I, and then I, it just hit me. I'm like, I am the first woman she knows that she's going to look up to Correct. to say, this is how you do things or this is how you don't do things. Mm -hmm. You are her perfect example. So yeah, she's going to replicate anything that you do. So I think mm -hmm. it's very important. And knowing that it helps you be a better mother and make better decisions because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what you want your daughter to be. Even you being a mother of two boys, even three now boys. when you, yeah. Three, well, well, yeah, three, sorry. <laughs> so even three, like even then making sure that as men, how do they take care of, of you as their mother and then their significant others or their own children? So that's very important since they were very little I taught them to respect females and I always told them you know like she's a lady you treat her since they were little I'm talking mm -hmm. about two three years old try to open the door for your classmates when they're in preschool mm -hmm. always treat everyone equal but be super respectful so never talk back never lay a hand on a woman and mm -hmm. I've been blessed my boys are amazing um, yes they are they're gentlemen to see them run to the door, you know, with an elderly lady or someone's oh. carrying their bags. So I'm like, okay, I did something right. No, yes. I was lucky enough to meet them and they <laughs> are just the sweetest. And you could just tell, like, they're just such good boys. Like you guys were so gracious enough to invite mm -hmm. us over to your home for dinner and you cook amazingly. I was like, I Thank just you. need to take <laughs> cooking lessons from you. And the boys were just there helping you and they were setting the table and they were part of our conversation and they joined us and they were just so perfect. Thank you. It's a blessing. But yeah, I think grandma was a big part of that too. You know, as mm -hmm. Hispanic parents are different. We pretty much, I mean, my mom made me do chores and clean and learn how to cook and all these things when I was very young. So mm -hmm. I instilled those same chores with the kids. I'm like, you guys are responsible of making your bed. You guys are responsible of picking them up to yourself. Again, when they're little, it's not going to be perfect. It's not mm -hmm. going to be the way it needs to be, but at least you're teaching them something. Mm -hmm. And now, yeah, for them to say cooking, like, hey, mom, I hope you set the table or I'll do the dishes or I'll do this. It's like, yeah, it's teamwork. So yeah, 
they have girlfriends. I see how they treat them. They spoil them to death. So <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think there now, is that difficult too, because I can only imagine, you know, little Emlyn coming home and having this girl with him. I'm like, I don't, I'm not ready. Obviously he's only three, but how do you deal with that? Well, yeah. I mean, Jeremiah's to be 21 in July mm-hmm. and Julian's 20. So they have girlfriends. Ada doesn't have a girlfriend, but mm-hmm. I think it was hard when they were younger because they've had girlfriends since a very young age. I struggled since kindergarten. I remember <laughs> going up to a kindergarten, imagining yelling at her and got called into the principal's office because I dropped them off at school every morning and I'd give them a kiss, you know, mm-hmm. and I walked them to the door or whatever. And two weeks into like kindergarten, my son comes to me. He's like, mom, he's like, can you not give me a kiss anymore? And you don't have to walk me to the door. I'm <laughs> like, you're four. Like, I'm like, why? Of course, he tells me, he's like, oh, Emily says I'm not a little kid anymore. And your mommy should not be kissing you. So what does mom do? <laughs> mom gets <laughs> off of the car, goes to Emily and be like, who the heck do you think you are? I'm literally yelling at a four-year-old, like a crazy person. I realize that now, but yeah, I got um, over it. No, now I can I'm only like, imagine. <laughs> now I'm like, what happened to my sweet little boy? He doesn't want to kiss me anymore, but yeah. I got over it. Yeah, I'm not jealous. I really like their girlfriends. They're really sweet girls. Mm-hmm. So I think as long as you're happy and they're treating yeah. them well, then that's all that matters. I guess that's my own, my biggest worry is that somebody is not good for them. And how do I help them navigate through all that without being crazy? Because I'm like, I can it's handle tough. you having one, but <laughs> if it's not the right one, I'm going to be the first one to say something. And it might not be what he wants to hear. So that might not be good. So I'm like, okay, I have to mentally prepare myself for that moment. Because, you know, even now he'll come home and he'll be like, oh, you know, I was playing with so-and-so. And I was like, oh, and she gave me a kiss. I go, oh, she gave okay. you a kiss. Where? <laughs> and he's like, oh, right here. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I'm just like listening. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and he's three. So just yes. imagine, yeah, you're going to mm-hmm. definitely struggle. But I mean, it's life. They're going to meet someone. They're going to fall in love. They're going to eventually get married or who knows. But um, yeah. yeah, we just have to accept it. And when we don't like someone, because I've been in that situation too, but you can't be that mother that tells them that, or you have to be really careful or else mm-hmm. it's going to backfire and you're the evil one and you're yeah. the perfect one. So they'll realize on their own, that's not the right yeah. decision for them. Just point out little things in a, you know, very nicely yeah. manner <laughs> yeah. and they'll get the point and they're like, um, oh, I didn't notice that. Or even better, tell their friends to point it out for them. So I'm like, I'm so going exactly. to be the evil one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be the evil one, but I'll talk to their best friend. I'm like, did you notice that? And he's like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, why don't you tell them? Yes. Oh, so, that's a good one. I'm going to have to put that in my pocket yeah. so that I'm ready for that moment. Now, as we think about the milestones that us as women have achieved or things that have happened throughout history, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is almost over 40 years ago was when we as women were able to like have credit open a credit card and have and establish our own credit and our own ability to buy homes and buy cars and do all these things. Like when you think about that, what thoughts run through your mind? I mean, I think we've come a long way. Now I think um, whether men like it or not, women are dominating this world and they're going to continue to make trenches and take more CEO positions and Mm -hmm. run companies. I mean, we're seeing, especially in our industry, we're seeing more and more women take over and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of men like your husband, like mine, they're huge advocates and yeah. support them. So we need more of that. No, absolutely. Because this because... is only the beginning. Oh, yes. Sure. And you're right, because I think even when we were talking about earlier about 
the perspective that us as women, when we come to making decisions or just different things, I know that sometimes when I've heard, you know, some of my direct supervisors, when you'd be like, well, I have to get home because, you know, the kids or something like that, men sometimes don't understand like, oh, these women, you know, they have to do all these things and, and now they got to go. And even having somebody like me manage other women and they'll be like, you know, I'm my daughter, I'm a single mother. Now I have to run to the house. I was taking her to school, but now her clothes are dirty. Now I got to go back home, get her changed. And I've had an employee tell me, you know what? I was very uncomfortable telling my old male supervisor that I had to do this. But I know that when I speak to you, you understand. Correct. Because you're a mom. But how sad is that? That everything or the entire responsibility falls on us. Even with married couples, I find it that it's always the wife, the mom that needs to figure out babysitting, Mm -hmm. needs to figure out their lunches. Like, why can't they Mm -hmm. help out? It's my thing. So that's one thing I'm trying to teach my boys. It's like, look how much I do and make them pitch in because I'm like, when you guys get married, when you guys have kids, it should be both of your responsibilities, not only her. Like I work, yeah, I work all day. Or for example, if Alex has to go to a conference or whatever, and I couldn't go, I'm like, why is it my responsibility to stay behind or find babysitting? You know, like it should Mm -hmm. be both of us, Mm -hmm. like figure it out. And and I do that sometimes, like I'll leave and he'll text me like, what am I going to eat? I'm like, figure it out. If I was around (laughs) and we'll joke about it. Right. But I'm like, if I was around, what would you do? It's like, no, but. I think it starts when you think about us being independent and being able to make choices and do stuff like that. And I think about now, like I'm almost 40 and I'm like, that was just as I was being born, this was happening. And just to imagine that women like my mother and the women before me, that they couldn't do this. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes they were stuck in situations where they didn't want to be in because they didn't really have too many choices or where to go or what to do because, you know, women in the workforce wasn't, you know, necessarily a thing. And then now maybe they weren't, they didn't have income. And now they don't have the ability to create credit or have credit. So they can't go out and purchase a home or do whatever it is they want to do or buy a car. So it's just like insane to me to think that at some point in time, that was real. It is. And it's also sad how nowadays, because especially like, I don't know with you, but in my family, if you're a female or a woman, you're working and you're not married and you don't have kids, like there's something mm-hmm. wrong with you. And no, mm-hmm. there isn't anything yeah. wrong with a lot of people. It's like maybe they're working hard to achieving their goals, to bettering themselves, to being mm-hmm. independent, you know, to being able to provide for themselves. But mm-hmm. I think our, what's the word I'm looking for? Our society has mm-hmm. made it seem like, you know, women need to do this, have mm-hmm. a career, be a mom, raise kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not for everyone. So there's definitely a lot of pressure. I tell my nieces all the time, like, you don't need to get married. You don't need Mm -hmm. to have kids, you know, like it's up to you. If you just want to go to school and you want to, like my nieces, I want to be the president, you know, after Mm -hmm. Harris. And I was like, you can, I said, if you work hard and she's like, I don't want kids. I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to have kids. No one says we're meant, you know, only Mm -hmm. to to do that. So, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Cause I know for me, it was like, I was the anomaly because I was almost 35 and I was just 34 having my first child. So I remember a lot of my uncles would be like, just have one. Like you don't even mm-hmm. have to get married, but just have a child. And I'm like, why do I need to rush to have a child? Like I know the You're responsibility right. that comes with that. And I want to make sure that I'm prepared, you know, financially and mature to do that. So I'm waiting, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And I remember having these conversations with one of my uncles and he was just 
he didn't understand why. And I'm like, well, why would I want to do that now? No, you know, of course, going to college and everything else. But I remember having those conversations and having to explain myself as to why I was waiting so long. Yeah, not every culture is like that. I feel that's more prominent in, in our and the Hispanic yeah. community. And it's sad because that's what we're defining. You know, that's what we're meant to be. And it's like, no, there's a lot mm-hmm. of other options. That's not what defines us as a woman. And yeah. it puts a lot of pressure. There's people, you know, like, are freezing their eggs and are like so desperate to getting married, even though they haven't mm-hmm. found the right person just because of what society mm-hmm. thinks or what, because mm-hmm. our family, you know, mm-hmm. are telling us what's wrong with you. You're 35, you're 36. The clock is ticking. It's like, well, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant yeah. to be. And if yeah, I'm okay, okay with it, why are you concerned about it? So, yeah, no, yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Because it is. And, and even when you think about us as, and I think about this because I remember being part of interviews where people were like, well, you know, she's married and has kids. I don't know if we necessarily want to bring her on because, you know, she's going to have to call out because of the kids. And I'm sitting there thinking like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean she's going to call out? Well, of course she has kids. And so sometimes I think even women do have kids and they share that at the time of the interview, you got to wonder how many women didn't get in different positions because, because of they that. Have, mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be... Some of them are probably even more qualified, overqualified to do the job. But yeah, I mean, we go through our menstrual cycle every freaking month and we operate our Mm -hmm. business. We do our usual whatever we need to do with bloating, with cramps, you know, like we get things done. It's like we just go through so much. And yeah, it sucks that we are excluded from a lot of positions or a Mm -hmm. lot of opportunities just for being females because, yeah. yeah. Now, as you think about, other women and just you talked about your nieces and you mentioned, you know, some of the advice that you give them. What other piece of advice would you have to other young women that, you know, are now starting their careers or starting college or anything in general? What would you tell yourself or even them to learn from what you know now? I think my biggest advice for them will be to educate themselves, you need to be involved, to have an opinion. To mm-hmm. not just, you know, accept what you're being told to do, to make their own decisions, because we know what we want and we don't want. And sometimes we just go with the flow, you know, not to mm-hmm. argue with it. It's like, no, express your opinion. Mm-hmm. There's going to be disagreements. But if you want to be happy, if you want to succeed, you have to be you. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I think that's more important. Be you. Do what you want to do. Don't be what others expect you or want you to do. Yeah, be you and be what makes you happy. And exactly. I feel. Like that is the biggest thing that I feel that matters the most is be you, be happy and do whatever it is you want to do. If you want to, you know, I have a cousin who's driving truck and I'm like, you like that? She's like, yeah, I'm like, do it. You know, that's what you like to do. And you want to drive a diesel then go for it. Like, you know, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you can't like jump on that truck and let's go. Indeed. But nowadays, I think social media, for example, doesn't help young kids, young girls they're seeing these people who are not real, who are, you mm-hmm. know, living this unrealistic life, but in, on social media, it looks like they're glamorous, fabulous, you know. No, it's not real. And with a lot of young girls comparing themselves to that fake world, yeah. it's tough because they're never happier. They're never satisfied. They're constantly mm-hmm. comparing themselves to mm-hmm. other people. And it's sad. It's sad. But I don't know. Our world has changed. It and, does. And it has. To make someone or feel confident, it's very difficult nowadays. 
I feel that I see more and more young girls being insecure and mm -hmm. oh, I'm not happy with this. You know, you're seeing girls getting plastic surgery at such a young age yeah. and parents signing off. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Um, Why would you allow? Exactly. Instead of accepting them and talking to them and letting them know, like, this is not reality. It's almost like, yeah, it is what it is. And that's that. So yeah, if I had a girl, I think I'd be super strict with her. Yeah. My parents were super strict with me. So probably even more than the boys. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was a crazy child. Like my mom used to say, Masakas canas verdes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was a prom child. So she's wait till you have your kids payback. And yeah. I was like, well, you're the one who's going to babysit them. So whatever you're wishing for me, you know, <laughs> you're going like, to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it, mom. So yeah. <laughs> but now, blessed to have amazing kids. So no, they are. Thank amazing. God. Yeah. They're no, nothing they like what I was as a teenager. <laughs> and no, they are. And that's what I like what we do now with the little ones, especially. You know, I tell them you're strong, you're smart and you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And I just say that over and over in little moments that we have. And sometimes my son is trying to do something and he can and he gets frustrated and I'll tell him, try again. And he's like, but mommy, I can. I go, yes, you can. You can do mm -hmm. anything. And it can be something dumb as trying to open something and he's yeah. just getting upset. And I'm like, no, try again. You can do anything. But I do the same thing with my daughter. And I'm like, you can do anything and you're strong. And so it's just, I don't know. I just feel like they need to have that positive, constant reinforcement to know that they're capable of anything. And so it's just. They do. And they also need to know that they're not always going to succeed and they're going to at times fail, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Cause yeah. that just means that they have to keep trying and keep uh -huh. working. That's the one thing with the boys. I don't believe in like participation awards or like great yeah. job you did. It's like, no, if you suck, you suck. And I'll let, I'll be the first one to let you know, like mm -hmm. what's wrong with you, you know, whether it was in sports, academically wise or whatever it may be. I wasn't that cheerleader parent, you yeah. know, if they didn't deserve it. But I'm so, I, think, I love it too. That's yeah, what I'm you should, too. because it's the real world. Otherwise yeah. you're not going to expose them. You create this bubble for them mm -hmm. where you always let them win or you're constantly yeah. applauding their yeah. success or you're bribing them and paying them mm -hmm. for getting straight A's. Like that's your job. That's all mm -hmm. you need to do. Do yeah. school. I'm not going to give you an award for getting mm -hmm. an A like congrats. No. Yeah. No. Um, so yeah, we, it's hard raising kids. We start with choices. I, we tell our kids, you need to make good or bad choices. And that's where we say, you know, is this a good choice or is this a bad choice? Mm -hmm. And so then my son's like, well, that's a bad choice. I go, so then we don't do that because then there's consequences to those choices. Correct. And so he at three understands the other day I was putting him to bed. And sometimes, sometimes he likes to get up and not go to bed. And then I'll tell him, are you making good choices or bad choices? He's like, I'm making bad choices. <laughs> I said, okay, then we need to make good ones and you need to lay down and go to sleep because you need to rest so you can go to school and be ready to go to school tomorrow. And we have that quick little conversation. He doesn't get back up. He stays in bed. Yeah, they just need a little reminder. And mm -hmm. a lot of parents don't take the time to train them. Remember, we had that conversation. Mm -hmm. It's all about that. Little mm -hmm. by little. Yes, you're going to have to repeat it over and over until they eventually get it. But they need to know. This is what it is. It's bedtime and mommy's tired too. You know? yeah. <laughs> we got we got to go. <laughs> and we need, yes, and we need to yes. go to bed because we need to get ready. And you know, now, even till this day, both of them are up by 637. And I hear so many parents and so many mothers just struggling to wake their kids up and mm -hmm. get them ready for the day. I said, my kids are dressed, already had breakfast by 730. They're ready to go out the door and there's mm -hmm. no crying. There is no whining. I mean, they might be whining because they want to, you know, 
sit down and not get dressed, but not because they're tired because Mm -hmm. they wake up on their own where I don't need to go in there and and be like, okay, I'm going to pull the blankets off of you now. That doesn't work. And sometimes that's good, but sometimes it's not because we want (laughs) to sleep in. There ain't no sleeping in this house. No, but that says a lot about you. You guys are training them well to be responsible, you know? And yeah, trust me. I know a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers that they don't get out of bed and they still need an alarm and mom still need to go wake them up. And I'm like, really? I was the same way. I never woke up the boys. They, it was their responsibility. I said, you're late to school. You're late to school because of you and not because mm-hmm. of me. So it's going to be awesome. on you. Well, thank so, yeah. you so much, Rosa, for joining me on this first episode of me hosting. <laughs> Because, you know, I was completely nervous. I was like, I hear them all the time and I listen to the podcast, but actually hosting one was a little different. So I really appreciate you taking the time and, and chatting My with me pleasure. Today. My pleasure. Yeah. I'm glad you reached out to me. Yeah, it's better when you're talking to a friend. You feel a bit more comfortable. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. so thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. So thank you, listeners. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with us at the Minority Money Podcast. So we will see if this works out and we'll try it again. Care. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here. And until next time.